You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy veteran and your host, Peter Serafine. Welcome, my fellow patriots and freedom fighters to the Liberty Lighthouse for Friday, June 5th, 2020. Man, the world has changed since just last week. Just last Friday, the last time I sat in this chair and hosted this show, to now. My God, the world has changed. So much to talk about. I don't know. I really don't even know where to begin. Uh, We've got you know, the George Floyd murder, of course, then the protests that came from the murder, and then the riots and looting that came from the protests, and the hypocritic way that governments are responding to the issues, the, the hypocritical way that the media is covering different things, and oh, virtue signaling that's just out of control. So much to talk about. I don't know. Let's uh, let's just dive right in. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse with your Liberty Lighthouse keeper, your beacon of common sense, your wiki, if you will, Peter Seraphine. We urge you to join the conversation by calling sixty-four My Rights. That's six four six nine seven four. 4487 and sign up to be a member at liberty-lighthouse.com. All right. That's right. As always, call or text the Liberty Lighthouse at 64 My Rights. Uh, love your questions, comments, and concerns, and uh, I appreciate all of them. Of course, if you call, then I can use your voice on the next show. And if you text, then you just get to listen to me read it. But either way, feedback is feedback. We like good, we like feedback. All feedback is good. All right. There's a few things I think we need to start with before we really get into this today. Uh, first is the murder of George Floyd was just wrong. And it was that. It was a murder. I mean, as far as we can tell what's in the videos, it was murder. And the officer uh, responsible has been charged now with second-degree murder. It was upgraded from third to second. And the other three officers on the scene have all been charged as well. So that's a good thing. Um, I don't think that there's anybody in this country, I, I, honestly, I don't think there's anybody in the world that has three brain cells that they can rub together that can watch that video and say, oh, no, that's completely justified. So um, it, it, it just it was wrong. It was really, really wrong. My initial thought was, you know, you don't know what happened before the video. How how was he behaving before the video? And then it, the video just kept going on and on and on. Look, if they pinned the guy down and stuck his knee, on, uh, the officer stuck their knee on the guy's neck for, I don't know, 30 seconds. Like if he was being crazy and they threw him to the ground and did all what they did, and then took 30 seconds to catch their breath or something, okay. At that point, you know, pick them up and throw them in a car if you have to. But to sit there just kneeling for seven minutes, I think it was, on the back of the guy's neck, that's completely uncalled for, completely uh, just wrong. Absolutely overkill. And in this case, actually, ended up being real kill, too. So that was my initial gut reaction was, uh, as the video began, you know, hey, we don't know what's what was going on before this video, but when that behavior continued for seven minutes, uh, well, it doesn't matter what was going on before the video at that point because there's no reason to continue for seven minutes. So that was my initial thought. Now, I'm not a police officer, and I've never been trained in the proper ways to detain or, or uh, restrain someone. But my friend Todd has. Todd, who's my friend and neighbor, uh, host of Todd Orndorf on the Toddcast, or hashtag T-O on the T-C, if you want to look him up. 
Todd works in a field where he does regularly have to restrain people. Uh, he doesn't like to say where he works on air, so I will not say where he works, but he has to restrain people. And when he took his position, the first thing that he was taught was you don't restrain somebody who's lying face down. I didn't know that. So that makes that video even that much more damaging because I'm absolutely sure that the officer had been trained that same thing, had been told not to restrain people while face down. So, okay, uh, I think we can move on from there. Just wanted to make it very clear. There really was nobody in the country that uh, was on the officer's side in this particular instance. So, yeah, completely wrong. Now, then we have protests. Protests for a perceived injustice, perceived racism. Now, um, there's a few points I want to make here. For one, protesting is good. Protesting is part of our First Amendment. And I have said before, and I will say until the day that I die, the First Amendment is what makes us Americans. The First Amendment is what makes us a free nation. Your right to protest an injustice your right to air grievances to your government are clearly defined in the First Amendment of the Constitution. And that is, like I said, that's what makes us the uh, United States. It's what makes us a free people. So I want to read the First Amendment because there's one particular point that I want to point out that's very, very important. So, First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. Congress shall make no law respecting in the, an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, so we're, we're petitioning the government for redress of grievances. We have a perceived injustice. Whether or not the injustice is real or not is irrelevant. Whether or not there is systemic racism, as the Black Lives Matter group uh, claims, is irrelevant. The, uh, the, the perceived injustice. So, what we just read says that you have the right to peaceably assemble to address these grievances. The moment that your peaceful assembly turns violent in any way, breaking any other laws, you have forfeit that right. So we have a, a serious problem. We have the serious problem of looters and rioters who may or may not have anything to do with the protest doing what they do, looting and rioting. Now, here comes the next distinction that I think we need to make. First, I point out that nobody disagrees George Floyd was murdered. Second, I'd like to point out that there is a clear and distinct difference between a protester and a rioter or a looter. That distinction was, well, basically ignored by... CNN and MSNBC, at least, for the first two or three days. Uh, for the first several days, CNN and MSNBC refused to use the words riot or looting in their reporting. And that, uh, well, that was just bad. I'm sure that we've all seen the reporter standing in the streets with a building burning in his background and claiming that, you know, it was mostly peaceful protests. Well, but there were a few fires set. I'd also like to focus on the lack of focus of these rioters and looters. If these rioters and looters were actually part of the protest in any way, shape, or form, then they would be destroying property owned by the government. And only property 
owned by the government. If these rioters and looters had any care whatsoever about George Floyd and were there to honestly protest their perceived injustice, then all of their anger would be focused at the cause of that injustice. So the people who, you know, burned a police precinct, well, maybe they were actually protesters there for the right reasons, just went too far. The ones who burned police cars, you know, same thing. At least their anger is focused in the right direction. All of you rioters and looters who have gone out and attacked innocent citizens who have absolutely nothing to do with the government, you're just thugs. And you're out to get whatever it is that you're out to get for yourself. You don't care about anyone else. So rioters and looters are in a completely different basket than protesters. Protesters are great Americans exercising their First Amendment right to free speech, their First Amendment right to assemble, and their First Amendment right to address grievances to our government. Rioters and looters are scumbags who don't care about anything or anyone but themselves, and they should be stuck in jail and left there for a very, very long time. So that clear distinction really needs to be made. And there were a lot of people, including media people, who were conflating the protesters with the rioters and looters. And that's just wrong. There were politicians who were trying to say that there was really nothing wrong with this either. There was politicians out there claiming that, you know, this is their right, and how else are they going to get anything done? So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a problem. There's, that, that's hypocrisy is what that is. Because two, three weeks ago, when there were protesters out for the reopen our country protests that happened everywhere, the entire news media and a large majority of the politicians all said, oh my God, there's going to be a huge spike in COVID cases and we're all going to die from the Wuhan flu because they're not social distancing. But now that the, the protesters are protesting something that most of the media is uh, well, it's part of their narrative, now it's something on the left side of the political aisle, Nobody's mentioning the social distancing and COVID-19 Wuhan flu-related rules. Now, it's all the mostly peaceful protesters. Okay, so before we get too far into the hypocrisy of this whole thing, um, I want to get back to the distinction between protesters and violent rioters and looters. Protesters, unfortunately, I have to say, you're kind of giving cover to these horrible rioters and looters. And I have seen a few instances online of protesters who are uh, standing up to the rioters and looters and saying, hey, who are you? We don't recognize you. We don't want you here. Go away. And that's wonderful. Anytime that you peaceful protesters can stop these rioters and looters uh, safely, of course, safely, please don't put yourselves at risk. If you can stop them safely, that is a wonderful thing to do. Please continue to do that. If you can't confront and stop these rioters and looters safely, you need to move your protests. The peaceful people need you know, move just a couple blocks away or something. You need to get out of the way because you're providing cover for the violence. They're using you as human shields, so to speak. So just go away and leave them there. Let the police come in and clean it up. Just get out of the way. Uh, That's just my own personal word of advice. Separate yourself from the violence uh, as as soon as you recognize that the violence is occurring. Okay, so uh, now let's move on just a little bit to the, uh, the hypocrisy that we've all seen. First, we have the media and calling, you know, the, the right side, the, the political protests, mostly from the right side of the political aisle, 
to reopen our country. Those were you know, right-wing nut jobs, according to the media, who really didn't care about human life. According to my own governor here in Pennsylvania, uh, we were all uh, selfish cowards. That's what he said. Self- selfish cowards, because we weren't willing to keep businesses closed and star families uh, just for COVID-19. We wanted to open our businesses, and in, in Governor Wolf's eyes, we were selfish cowards. So moving on to today and the protests by the, uh, the left side of the political aisle, well, this time my governor, Governor Wolf, decided to, to march in a Black Lives Matter rally. And he did not socially distance. There were many times during his little march where he was elbow to elbow with the other marchers or protesters. And, uh, well, he still has lots of places in this country where it is illegal. I'm sorry, not this country, this state. There are lots of places in the state of Pennsylvania where it is illegal to gather in large numbers. Uh, I think maybe uh, it may have been 250 was the maximum number in Harrisburg at the time. So it was okay for Governor Wolf and the Black Lives Matter protesters to ignore the governor's social distancing guidelines. That was completely okay. But when the uh, the right side of the political aisle was trying to protest just two or three weeks ago, we're all going to die from the Wuhan flu. My God, you horrible, horrible, selfish cowards. All from the same person. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Governor Wolf has has, you know, by his own action, nullified all of the Wuhan flu-related restrictions in the state. And I, I even posted as much on social media. If you follow me on Facebook and Twitter, at P. Seraphine, uh, I posted a, uh, a tweet that's getting a whole lot of attention. I referred to our governor as Der Fuhrer. And... Uh, um, pointed out what we just spoke about. I said that Der Fuhrer has has uh, negated all of his restrictions by his own hand. I said, Der Fuhrer uh, at Governor Tom Wolf marched today for Black Lives Matter at times elbow to elbow, but I was a coward when I attended the reopen PA rally. Der Fuhrer, you, you have just voided all restrictions by your own action. And I, I really do feel that way. I feel that our governor uh, has, uh, you know, ignored the restrictions himself, and therefore we should be able to ignore this, our restrictions as well. Just like uh, Governor Whitmer up in, oh, uh, Michigan has decided that, you know, she can go to her summer home in the northern peninsula of Michigan, but you as a private citizen, you're not allowed to do that. So there's multiple cases of governors being uh, hypocritical and uh, not following their own rules and guidelines. And there we go back to what I said last week. Let's bring back tarring and feathering. This is not representative democracy. This is tyrannical morons who need to lose their jobs. So let's just drag them out of their houses and help them lose their jobs faster. Another little hypocritical I don't know if it's hypocritical, but another stupid thing that people have been doing, uh, something that politicians in particular have said, and that's that, you know, the looting, well, they're almost trying to justify the looting and rioting. They're like, well, it's just stuff. It's just property. It can be replaced. It's insured. Well, first off, you've obviously never owned a business in your life because you, uh, your insurance will not cover civil unrest. So, Insurance, no good. The other one of the things they're saying is, you know, it's property versus human life. George Floyd died, and these people are just losing a few dollars. Okay. Uh, that sounded like a legitimate argument for, you know, 15 seconds before people started to die in the looting and rioting. Uh, at last count, I saw a dozen. We've got 12 people that have now been murdered in one way or another because of these lootings and riotings. And, how, mon- how many of those 12 people are black? I, I don't know. I know at least three or four of them are. So do their black lives not matter? 
George Floyd's black life mattered. But the black lives of the people being murdered by rioters, their black lives don't matter. I, I have to have uh, somebody explain that one to me. I'm sorry. And the other thing, like I said earlier, like the uh, the focus, like they're they're breaking down and breaking into privately owned businesses, not government controlled buildings. And that, well, for one, it's a lack of focus of the purpose of protests. So it kind of helps prove that the rioters have nothing to do with the protests. But also, uh, how many of those businesses are minority owned? So uh, another reason, like these people are going out and destroying small businesses and big businesses. You know, but Target will recover. They might not open that store back up, but, you know, the company will be fine. The little store down the street, the little corner store that you broke into because you wanted the liquor on the wall or whatever you decided you had to have, are they going to survive? Were they open for the last three months? This is not the time to be a small business owner in America. That's for darn sure. You've been out. You've been forced to close your business or highly restrict your business for months. And then as soon as you're allowed to open again because your governor has so deemed it, then there's looting and rioting, and now you've got to worry about losing your store because of that? I said from the beginning of the COVID-19 Wuhan flu crisis that I was more worried about civil unrest than I was the virus. I was a little off with the cause of the civil unrest, but I was pretty close. Can't wait to see the gun sale numbers for this month. The FBI, you know, firearm sale background check numbers. Is it back in March? It, it hit a all-time record high number of background checks. Wonder if that's going to happen again here in in uh, May or June, because I saw at least one picture of a of a gun shop in California that had a line all the way around the block. Again, just like happened in the beginning, all of this COVID stuff. Speaking of COVID stuff, none of us have heard a whole lot about it from any of our news sources recently, have we? So it seems the, uh, was it the murder of George Floyd that was the cure for COVID-19? Or was it the, the fact that the media just had something else to focus on that cured COVID-19. Hmm. Something's changed because I haven't heard anything about it. You know, for a month, we didn't hear anything about anything except COVID. And now we don't hear anything about anything except for the protests and riots and looters. And I have to say, I, I, I really do clearly see the distinction between the, the protesters and the rioters and looters. There was a protest in uh, State College, Pennsylvania, just, uh, you know, eight or ten miles down the road. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple thousand people there, but it, it was peaceful. There was no looting and rioting. And Penn State is known for rioting. They win a football game, they riot. They lose a football game, they riot. Their coach gets fired, they riot. So happy to see that they didn't riot for this. Probably because the college students aren't here. They've all been sent home because of COVID. The news media just has to have something to focus on at all times. And focusing on something isn't enough. They have to constantly sensationalize whatever it is that they're focused on. They have to always have some big, great headline that they can be trying to shock us or scare us or you know, somehow in, invoke an emotion out of we the people. And, uh, well, it's about break time. And when we uh, come back from the other side of the break. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some of the media-focused stuff, as well as, uh, I don't know, free speech. Ah, that's important. It is what makes us America. We've got to protect it. But we also have to protect those that abuse it by using it for cover for their riots and looting. We'll be You're right back. to the Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Just call 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. 
You are listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you very much for sticking through the break. I appreciate that. Uh, we left off talking about, uh, well, well, free speech. Free speech, the First Amendment, the thing that makes us American. And um, I just recently read an article by a past guest of the Liberty Lighthouse, uh, Professor Bill Cushing, Pre- professor and author Bill Cushing. Uh, and he wrote a piece about uh, flag burning and, well, how politicians use it to do some virtue signaling and, and uh, try to rile up their base or whatever it is that politicians do. I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can't get him on here next week to talk about that that piece specifically, uh, but more just about freedom of speech and how important it really is. Now, I think the First Amendment has, has gotten a little bit perverted, and bear with me for a second. I know we started out reading the First Amendment in the first segment. I'm going to read it again and uh, change the focus. The first time we focused on the peaceably to assemble portion. Uh, so, First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I want to focus on the or the press part. I do not want to restrict what the press and the press can or cannot say because that would violate the First Amendment. But why has our government given the press fair game to say almost anything that they want without proving anything as facts and almost impossible to sue them for libel or damages? I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of rare cases where somebody has been able to do that, but it happens a lot more often than there are successful court cases against them. So... Maybe that's something that we need to look look at if we're really going to talk about possi- any possibility of regulating uh, the First Amendment more than we already have. And I am not a fan of regulation. Uh, I think, you know, most regulations are unnecessary. Here's my opinion. Any law that gets passed in our country, you know, we all need to think about it. Whenever whoever's writing these laws, they need to think, is it? a law worth pulling a gun on a citizen for. Because no matter how silly or small the law is, that always is the ultimate possibility. You know, if they say you can't put a fence on your property, but you put a fence on your property, somebody's going to have to come and cite you and potentially arrest you. And if, if it's not worth pulling a gun, if it's not worth the risk of arresting somebody and pulling a gun on them, Maybe it shouldn't be a law at all. Come on. we got to work for self-governance here. We have to be a people who can make decisions for ourselves. We cannot rely on our government for everything. I think, oh, Reagan said it best. So let's hear what Reagan had to say. You and I have lived too long with this miracle to properly be appreciative. Freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to a people. Now, that's something that we haven't been doing anymore. We don't teach how important our freedoms are to our young people. We want, we've got young people today who want to give up every freedom we have for the sake of socialism and free stuff. But I'll let Mr. Reagan continue. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. Knowing this, this is it's hard to explain those among us who even today would question the people's capacity for self-government. I've often wondered if they will answer, those who subscribe to that philosophy, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? That's the part I wanted to hear. That's the problem that we have in our world today. 
people do not believe in self-governance anymore. People want the government to come in and fix everything. We, the people, have our own rights, our own responsibilities that go along with those rights. And the government coming in and fixing every little problem in your life is absolutely not the answer. That is socialism. That is fascism. That is unacceptable to the American spirit. Unacceptable to the country that I love. Unacceptable to the people of the great republic of the United States of America. We are not a socialist nation. We were designed specifically to never be a socialist nation or a fascist nation or a communist nation. We cannot allow our government to control every aspect of our lives. And that's exactly what's going on today. And unfortunately, it's exactly what a whole lot of people are petitioning our government for. They're using our First Amendment to try to get the government to do everything for us. Even this absolutely tragic incident with George Floyd. Even if you believe that there is a systemic problem within the police force where black people are are terribly targeted, even though the FBI statistics on crime and arrests and such don't support that argument, but even if you do believe that, do you really want the federal government to fix it? Get your local government to fix it. Get your police station, your sheriff's station to fix it in your locality. Our federal government stepping in can't be the, the issue. Hey, wait, I've got another one for that, too. If you really trust your federal government and your federal government officials, here, listen to this one. The party that you bass controls two-thirds of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and still they can't keep their promise to you because you're a chump. <laughs> Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. That, of course, is Malcolm X. Malcolm X is talking to a group of black people, or as he referred to them, the Negro community. He's talking to these folks to say, hey, you supported this party, in this case, uh, the Democrat Party, that controlled two-thirds of both the House and the Senate, but yet still did nothing for the black community. And the black community was still blind enough to just keep blindly voting Democrat. But that same quote, that same philosophy applies to all of us, Democrat, Republican, whatever. If you just blindly vote for the Republican because they have an R after their name and any Republican is better than any Democrat, you're part of the problem, my friend. Look at who you're voting into office. And then once they get into office, look at how they are voting. Are they fulfilling their, their campaign promises? Are they voting the way that you would want them to vote on individual issues? All of those things are available on the Internet. And if you're listening to this podcast, regardless of what platform you're listening to it from, you have access to the Internet. And while you're listening to this podcast, please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and review. It's greatly appreciated. Anyway, so even Malcolm X in 1960, I forget what year that was now. I don't know. In, in the 1960s, had the same message that we need to get out today to everyone. Don't blindly support politicians. They're, they're getting into office. They're staying there forever, and they're ruining our country. The Reagan speech that we just played, that was from 1964. That hasn't changed. It's the same.
problems that we have now. We have to fight for our freedoms. That's why I made the Liberty Lighthouse podcast. That is why I wrote my book, Progress, really. Because I want to help be part of the fight for our freedoms, for our liberties. We cannot let them go away. We are losing them every day. Our nation turns more and more socialist, more and more nanny state-ish every day. And if you're sitting and blindly watching it happen and not doing anything about it, part of the problem, my friends, we have to get out there and make our voices heard. Protest. I, I mentioned a week or two ago here on the Liberty Lighthouse that I'm planning to go to a, a Second Amendment rally at the Harrisburg State Capitol building this Monday, Monday, June 8th. Well, the, the event has officially been canceled. The official speakers won't be there. But I'm still going. And I venture to guess that there are still going to be a lot of other true patriots that go to Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm taking my microphone just like I did for for the reopen PA rally, and I'm going to record man-on-the-street-style interviews for this podcast just like I did for the reopen Pennsylvania rally. Except for this time, it's for the Second Amendment and stopping the socialist spread within our country. Socialism usually leads to fascism, too. And that brings me to another Reagan quote. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back. Get out of my pocket. Get off my back and get out of my pocket is exactly my philosophy with, toward the government. But the first part of that, the, the, the definition of fascism is important to note. Private ownership, but government control and regulation. Our government has so many regulations about just about every stinking business out there. We're heading in that direction. We're not only heading toward a socialist states of America, we're heading toward fascist states of America. Our politicians and our news media are gladly speeding this along. News media is so focused on having something sensational to report, something fabulous to report, to make you afraid, to, to keep you on edge, that they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing a narrative. I mean, just look over the last, just, just this year, 2020, we had the, the Stormy Daniels, Daniels case, which nobody really seemed to care about, which turned, and then we have the, the, Mueller investigation, which led to the impeachment, which they talked about incessantly, impeachment, 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 impeachment. And then when the impeachment was acquitted, then it was, what, two days before, oh, we're all going to die from the Wuhan flu, COVID-19, ah, and that's all that was on the news. And the minute that we, the people, started to stand up and protest, the draconian lockdowns of our governors, the minute that we the people didn't look like we were afraid of COVID-19 anymore, then the media tells us about, you know, five murder hornets that they were found in Washington State or some something ridiculous like that. Murder hornets. Then, because we the people apparently didn't care about the murder hornets we didn't drag on to that one we didn't I'm sorry we didn't glom onto that one we didn't become scared by that one then we got to the protests and rioting and the murder of George Floyd what's next what what 
thing, good or bad, what thing is the media going to glom onto and prop up to be, you know, the biggest scandal since Watergate again? Or the biggest threat to humanity since the murder hornets? What's, what are they doing? A friend of mine posted on, on uh, social media the other day, I just heard thunder outside. Well, I think it was thunder. The way 2020 is going, it could have been Godzilla. How, how true that is. We don't know what's coming next because you think that, oh, it can't get that bad. And then it gets that bad. And what's going on in Washington, D.C. and state capitals all across our country while the media has got us scared? What's going on while we're all scared of COVID-19 or scared of being unemployed or scared of murder hornets or scared of civil unrest? What's Washington, D.C. and our state capitals doing? Oh, they're doing things that they don't want to do out in the open. They're pushing gun laws and, you know, my governor's trying to get the, uh, the minimum wage almost doubled here in Pennsylvania because, you know, that's what small businesses need. Small businesses who have been put out of work for the last almost three months, then more of them have been damaged by riots. Yeah, they want to hear that, that the minimum wage is going up $7 an hour. That, that'll be great for the economy, especially in the short term. What else? Gun control. Governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania, not the only one. Governors all over the state, all over the states, are trying to push their uh, gun control agenda, their Second Amendment restrictions, while nobody's paying attention to what's going through the houses. The last one is, what about virtue signaling? Oh my goodness, our politicians are doing a whole lot of that, aren't they? Whether it's Governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania who decided to march in the Black Lives Matter march after calling the rest of us cowards for marching, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we want to open our state back up. Or Governor Northam in Virginia. Remember Governor Northam, right? The guy who can't remember that, you know, way back in his his uh, medical school yearbook, if he's the guy in the picture that's in blackface, or if he's the guy in the clan hood, that governor, yeah, 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 the the blatant obvious racist, at least while he was in medical school in either blackface or a KKK hood, he's decided that he needs to do some virtue signaling, and uh, he's decided that the the Robert E. Lee Monument needs to be removed from Virginia as soon as possible, to quote his speech or whatever. Now, never mind that the Robert E. Lee Monument has stood in that exact spot on top of the a huge pedestal that was built for it for a hundred years. Never mind that. It's got to go down as soon as possible. Never mind that Robert E. Lee, by all historical accounts, was a consummate gentleman. A true, honest-to-goodness gentleman that we just don't see in the world anymore. He was admired and respected by every president of this country. He was quoted and praised by all of the presidents up through at least Ronald Reagan. At least. He chose the wrong side during the Civil War. He chose to throw his allegiance behind his state of Virginia rather than throw his allegiance behind the Union. But because he chose to ally with Virginia, he fought for the Confederacy. And the Confederacy 
well, they had slaves. So let's tear down his monument a hundred years later. And don't forget to change the history books, too. And teach everybody that uh, the Civil War was all about slavery. Nothing else mattered. It was all about slavery. That's what the Civil War was, right? That's what they're teaching now. Had nothing to do with the states' rights, independent, sovereign states. Maybe that's it. I just figured, you know, I was about to say, don't forget that those who don't learn from history or doomed to forget or repeat it. Maybe that's exactly it. Maybe that's why we're changing history books and removing the Civil War and the real meaning of the Civil War and the villainizing all of the heroes of the Confederacy. Maybe, maybe it's because those who don't learn from history repeat it. Maybe, just maybe, the people that are doing that are trying to cause another civil war. I know what it looked. It could be. It looks a little bit like that to me. We've got news stations and politicians that think rioting and looting is just protesting. The same, the same people who all begging Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, begging him to take federal action in the, uh, the Wuhan flu crisis, are now calling him a tyrant because he has threatened federal action to quell insurrection, riots, and looting. Oh, say, the Insurrection Act, that gives the president this power hasn't been used that often. The last time I remember it being used was uh, when the uh, troops were sent to uh, integrate integrate the schools in uh, Alabama and Mississippi and the, the deep southern states that refused to integrate by themselves. That was the last time I remember it being so that doesn't mean it wasn't used but since then. I'm an old man. I forget stuff. But the state doesn't have to ask for it. The state doesn't even have to agree with it. The president can just do it. That's the law. That's the way it is. It's the way it was done in the past. So because he threatened that, now uh, he's he's a tyrant. He's we're, Oh, my God. What was it? Don Lemon was freaking crying on television saying that, oh my God, this is tyranny. No, what is tyranny is these moronic governors that have shut down the economy in their state for a little bit of fear and then now refuse to open back up, even though they themselves aren't necessarily following the guidelines that were put forth. That is tyranny. This is the backwards world that we now live in, where a group that calls themselves Antifa, the anti-fascist group, acts more like a fascist than any other group I've seen since the, the birth of the KKK. This Antifa has been, well, they've been supported by the the media people talk about them like they're, they're social justice heroes. They're a bunch of freaking thugs. I, I don't understand how anybody even fell for the name anti-fascist. But then when they show up at rallies and stuff, they're wearing all black and, and covering their faces and carrying baseball bats. How anti-fascist is it? I don't care what your ideology is, but if your ideology requires or suggests that you should cover your face when you go to public, go into public and go to public events, your ideology probably is not all that great. You know, think of who has done that historically. 
the Ku Klux Klan with their hoods, and Antifa. And superheroes, of course, that want to keep their secret identities. But, you know, that's different. Who else does that? Who else covers their face when they go into public? Before COVID, of course. Now everybody has to because of fascist dictators that uh, are elected governors in our states. The Black Lives Matter movement, I'm not sure, is a whole lot better. I mean, I understand what they're going for. They think that there is systemic racism and that needs to be fixed. And I completely understand that. But if, if Black Lives Matter has had anything to do with the dozen people that have been killed in these riots, then what about their black lives? Do the black lives that you, they kill, that, that BLM kills, do the, I guess those black lives don't matter. Or what about the businesses? What about the, the, the black man's business that you broke into and stole from and burned down? Does that black life not matter? These groups, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, both have the the adoration and praise of our media and many of our politicians. I think it's pretty obvious that Antifa is nothing but a bunch of thugs. I don't know about Black Lives Matter, to be quite honest. If they are involved in the looting and the rioting, then they're nothing but thugs either. The real patriots in all of this, the peaceful protesters, the ones holding signs, saying prayers, and asking for justice. And now that all four officers have been charged with murder, I hope they feel that they've got their justice, at least until the trial. And I certainly hope that they all get convicted of something, because What was done was murder, and I don't think anybody anywhere can argue otherwise, but some poor lawyer is going to have to make the argument for the defense that it wasn't murder. That kind of brings us full circle. Started talking about the George Floyd stuff, went off on a few tangents, and now that the show is just about over and I'm out of time, we came back to the George Floyd and protesting and riots and looting and stuff. So, until next week. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Thanks for listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com. To download Peter's free ebook from the file share page. And don't forget to call 64 My Rights to leave comments for the show. That's 646 974 4487. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about Liberty Lighthouse. And wherever you listen, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.